recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with, with Coach, Coach Renee Dreyfus and, and Matt Peters. Peters. Ring the bell and let's get, get it, it on. Welcome back to another episode of the Martial Culture. I almost said the Radical MMA podcast, which it mostly is. Oh, no, don't say that. The, the Martial Culture podcast. Thank you. Underwritten by Radical MMA. I'm sorry. I had to catch my breath. Matt just made me laugh like crazy. You, are, you see, this is what makes the Martial Culture podcast great. We have your wonderful sense of humor and some of my limited knowledge. We <laughs> that, make a good team. It's good timing because I didn't watch the, the greatest UFC of probably the year, if not more. It over was, the weekend, it was, so you know, I have no. You know, it was it was pretty amazing. You know, you know when I when I heard this like BMF belt stuff, I'm like, Ugh. but you know at the same time, you know it was a very compelling matchup. It's extremely compelling matchup, and you're you're talking about um, a boxer who is much more of a in, you know kind of endurance fighter, long term wear you down fighter, versus someone who has you know significant uh, knockout victories mm. and um, stoppages. So it's like. I was very, um, very intrigued by the fight, and and the thing is, when I went into the fight, I'm like, wow, these two guys are really, really powerful up and comers, and let's see where where this fight plays out. We're talking about Nos- Masvidal and Diaz, and Diaz, yeah, okay. yeah, and not to mention the rest of the card, but but just the, the idea of the promotion of the, the the kind of belt that they created, you know, at the same time, like. Sometimes razzle dazzle sells. It's you know? a show. Yeah, it's, it's a, a show. show. And, and and the idea, like, who is the, the the thing is interesting, and this is kind of true, is they're they're both like guys who clawed their way up from the mm. lowest of the low divisions. I have seen the video of um, Nick uh, Diaz's very first fight, and very first MMA fight, um, way way back when. And this is years ago, and it was in a. Um, in uh in a dojo somewhere mm. in California and it was just like him versus another guy and you know he probably got paid uh neg- you know negative 10 dollars <laughs> they gave him a probably, free bag of yeah, weed yeah you know, right <laughs> and you know he, i mean he probably lost money on the on the, yeah. the, the, the trip over there and then do you you know how Masvidal got started right no so you remember Kimbo Slice right mm-hmm. Kimbo Slice used to hold these backyard I remember those brawls, on YouTube, right right yeah. exactly and that's where Masvidal really? got started too and, and he was like I wouldn't say he's Kimbo Slice's protege because he wasn't training with him but he definitely was um someone who came up through the that the, 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 the yeah the, the underground of the underground and when you say underground it's people are like oh it's underground fighting and it's really not underground but this was this was like literally mm. in someone's backyard with Bare knuckle and that you know bare knuckle and it's just rock 'em sock 'em robots. But mm. also she showed in the original fights quite a bit of technique, and you can even see back then where he's got heart because he he takes he takes some shots, he gets taint, t- you know brought down a little bit, comes back up, and and winds up getting the, the stoppage. Mm. And you know this is a person who came they came from the bottom of the bottom and they worked them was up to, to to the headlining Madison Square Garden. Man, that is a compelling story, yeah. dramatically, but also you know these are. Also, two very technical fighters in their own realms, and very different. And so, you want to call it whatever you want to call it, but it is a, it is a very worthwhile matchup. Mm-hmm. And if getting a weird, funny belt that says <laughs> we're the baddest MFR or whatever, um, and getting the Rock to present it can get more people to appreciate really good fighters who put it on the line and who are fighters. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people in, in MMA right now who are sportsmen who like who have gone into fighting. Right? They're sportsmen, and I would say. 
You know, a good example of that is, and this is not a, a denigration, but they're they're athletic sportsmen. You know, they come from a lot of times wrestling, or they come from some other sport, and they treat it like a sport and and a fight sport for sure. Um, and I would say um, T.J. Dillashaw, who I'm a big fan of, other than the cheating and stuff, but but <laughs> I, I, you know, and and I would say a lot of that's really kind of like the way he is. He's like, this is a sport that I compete in. You know, we're not here. We're we're not, we're not you know we're not I'm not fighting for my life you know in 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 the in Stockton or mm-hmm. something but you know where Diaz and Masvidal come from they that's not what it is that's not what it is for them they are fighters first and yeah. it doesn't matter you know what I was thinking they they would do <laughs> it was like two movie but when Masvidal they both wanted to go on I'm like you know I could totally see these guys. Going out in the parking lot and just finishing the next two rounds out there. Thirty fourth Street, yeah, thirty fourth Street, right? I would totally see it, you know. Um, How would they monetize that, though? I know, right? They, but they, you know, they're they're there to make money for sure. But yeah. they're not only there for money. Well, I was a little disappointed yeah. with Masvidal in the uh, post fight interview. What did he um, say when he was talking about the the rematch with Diaz? Obviously, he wants a rematch, mm-hmm. but Dana White says it's not. That's not, not next. No, and, and also, I thought it was cons- you know, it was it was an, a, a decisive win. Regardless yeah. of what people say, yeah. let me D- go over. D- Dana White was like, I don't know what the next couple rounds would have held, but Masvidal was winning. Uh, Decisively. So you can't go hypothetical. But Masvidal said that they were like, well, who do you want to fight next? He said, I'll fight whoever pays the most. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, it's, he's got to make money. No, but of course. He was like, I'll fight Canelo. <laughs> yeah. No, and the other, the other thing is, the other thing is, he's, you know, I kind of like that attitude. It's like, he's not picking his fight. He's like, I'll fight whoever pays him the most, and I'll fight anybody. Yeah. He's got to strike yeah. while the iron's hot, too, because, yeah, exactly. you know, six months from now, he might be replaced by somebody else. I don't right, think so, right, right. but if he can make $100 million now, do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, this is the thing, is uh, Conor McGregor's coach, John Kavanaugh, said this, and it said, um, in response to... Uh, uh, Conor McGregor being a little over the top. He said, you can criticize him all you want, but the name of the fight game is to get in, make as much money, and take as little damage as possible. And then, you know, there that's it. Like, your yeah. your fighting career is smart, short, so you have to provide for the rest of your life at that point. Yeah. Nobody wants to be 50 and still fighting. Right, exactly. You shouldn't be. <laughs> well, you know, you know, honestly, I think, I think Anderson Silva's like that, where he wants to compete and he feels like you know, and there's a lot he's of fighters amazing, like that, but yeah, but but the same, th- but at the same time, you're right. I mean, you have to strike while the competing at a high level. You can't be, yeah. You got to you got ten years, get exactly. in, get out, make right. your money, exactly. and then sell cars. One right, or open up a restaurant like Michael Jordan did, or something. Sell you houses know? on Long Island. <laughs> you, you're right. You're absolutely right. And and so I don't fault him at all. And um, I, when it just let me let me just give you my pre-fight primer on this fight. And then I said to everybody, if Masvidal's smart, he'll win, he'll, he'll win. But I don't think he's going to be smart. And what I meant by that is the, the challenge to go – and this is very Japanese, right? Japanese fighters do this a lot or used to. You know, say to go into the, the aite no dohyo, which means your, your opponent's ring. Dohyo is the ring of the sumo ring. But they don't mean sumo. What they mean is like, okay, if your opponent is a really good striker – I'm going to strike with him. If he's a really good clinch wrestler, mm-hmm. I'm going to clinch wrestle with him. If he's a really good ground grappler, I'm going to ground grapple with him. And I'm not going to avoid what he does best. I'm going to go right to what he does best and test myself there mm-hmm. because the goal is not to win a strategy necessarily. The goal is is a more mental game of testing your metal against the toughest of what a, a person could bring. And a lot of fighters do that. And and some don't. Some do. Um 
but you, you have to. It's not the smartest strategy, no. but but at the same time, it's really freaking gutsy. Yeah. And and the other thing is, Masvidal is, is is a very crisp right striker. So you can say, well, I'm going to go and and box Diaz. But the interesting thing was, <laughs> that's what I thought he would do. The interesting thing was, if you watch the fight, he definitely boxed with him, but he also was smart too. So he did, he did I thought, the perfect. He tested himself, mm-hmm. but he also tested himself in, 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 in a way that was smart. He 50-50. So he clinched. And, and it's funny because the decisive moment of the fight came from him being a very smart fighter. Where they clinched, then he hit him off the break with uh, – Shoot, you know, I, I forgot. I, I think it's two elbows, or he hit him with an something and then another elbow, and then he kicked him in the face as as Diaz bent backwards. So he went boom, he hit him with one strike, then he cracked him with the elbow, which is what the one that's that opened the cut up. Mm-hmm. And then as Diaz stumbling down before his hands go to the floor, he kicks him in the face, and Diaz is leaning leaning over, almost about to fall over, and boom, he kicks him. I thought Diaz was out right there. Yeah, I thought he was out right there, but. Diaz being one tough son of a gun, got up and continued to fight. But basically, Masvidal won that fight in the first round because he opened up that cut. And then throughout the fight, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the the, the medic, medical care stopped it. The problem I have with that is I don't know if it would have been stopped in Las Vegas. You know, there mm. has to be consistency. And, and Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. And, and because, you know, that definitely was a huge cut. Mm. But it was not – bleeding into his eye it seemed to me however i'm not the doctor so i, I wasn't there and i don't mean to second guess the professional did you see pictures of it afterward yeah it was huge yeah. it was huge but i've seen uh, cuts like that before um and and the the fight was not stopped mm-hmm. immediately because the blood was running down the side of the eye it's always about the fighter's vision and if if his vision was impaired and um I don't know if that was the case. Uh, however, it was a huge cut. It was enormous. So you can't really get too down on the doctor, uh, but it was an enormous cut. Yeah. And, uh, I think you're right that they are on the side of uh, caution. caution. Yeah, yeah. And, and New York is new. just not as experienced. We're only in, a couple of years in. Legally. Right, right. Exactly. The the infrastructure. And they you know they messed up in the weigh-ins for Gaslam too again. You know, Gaslam sort of kind of cheated a little bit, mm. it seemed. It seemed. Um, push off a towel? Yeah, off his coach. His elbow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not. No. His elbow was slightly touching the coach and it looked like he, he was resting a little bit of his weight on the well, coach. He, he got punished for it. He definitely <laughs> did. And um but um but you know that kind of ir- those kind of irregularities yeah. uh should not happen. And they they sometimes do, but they didn't. Who was the the towel pusher before? It was that was Cormier. Uh, Cormier. Yeah. yeah, Cormier. Where where did that where was that fight take place? Uh, that wasn't that's a good question. That might have been here. Was it here? Now I got to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm just concerned. But you know, there's some there's some commissions, and, and for the guys that don't know, the commissions have nothing to do with the UFC brass. And to think that they manipulate them is not really true. And and you know, I, I actually in in G and York's last fight, we fought a premiere, and the commissioners were there, and you, we we deal with them on a regular basis. This commissioner was the the Massachusetts State Commission. And they had just come from the Boston show, and you know the show where Greg Hardy. You know, had had taken um, uh, an inhaler between rounds, and um, and yeah, yeah, you you know, <laughs> and so yeah. we were kind of like talking about it, and they're like, you know, really exhausted because obviously it was it was a black eye to the commission in Massachusetts, and they're but they're really hardworking guys who, who definitely do their best, and you can see the relationship that they have with the the promotions is symbiotic in the sense that they both work together however they do not they're not at the promotions beck and call mm-hmm. by any means and sometimes they'll call something out which will it will definitely kind of be 
adverse to the promoter, like, oh, this guy can't fight or this mm-hmm. guy can't be a second or this or that because they don't have their paperwork in order. And, you know, it's not like whatever the UFC says the commission does. It's not true at all. You mm-hmm. know, you're on the inside and not to say that I'm so high up in there, but I've seen the commission work. You know, the commissions are the commissions and they're run by the state and some commissions are more experienced than others. Well, I think you got something yeah. going on there because that was uh, in Buffalo, New York. So UFC 210. Cormier push the towel. Yeah, New yeah, York's could, got yeah. some work to do. No, no, it's true because because they're, they don't have the same experience, and also you can see it whenever there's a decision in certain states because the commission is not filled with MMA guys. Boxing, they're filled with old boxing guys mm-hmm. that don't understand exactly how the scoring is different. They're watching an armbar triangle choke, like I don't know how <laughs> that is, you know. And they they don't score. Um, the same way. It's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's part of the growth of the sport. Yeah, we'll um, get there. And also, I I won't say who, but there's certain referees that come out of the New York area, which are they're really poor referees, mm-hmm. and they're in the UFC. You know, they're in the UFC, but they're just poor referees. They're not at the same level as you know, uh, Big Big John or um, yeah. what's the guy with the dreadlocks? Shoot, I forgot his name. Um, Who's really good? You know his black eyes with dreadlocks. I, oh my god! His yeah, name. yeah, um, yeah. But they're 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 quite good. You know, like I mean, it's not perfect all the time, but but he's he's uh, they're yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna bother me. That's I'm right. gonna think about it all day. Yeah, but it was a a, a great day for New York. Uh, the uh, it was sold out. It it, it didn't make six point five million dollars on the gate. It made six point five million dollars just on, on ticket gate. sales. Wow! The uh, president was in attendance. Uh, the Rock was there handing out his BMF belt. It was a big, big event. I mean, yeah. try getting around Madison Square Garden last night. And it's, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm obviously not a Trump supporter, but it's probably the first time the president of the United States has sat in on a. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, there have been sitting senators who sat in, but uh, even, even I believe towards the end, I, I'm correct. I might, might not be correct, but I believe John McCain, who was very anti-MMA for a long time, I think he actually came to a. A fight at, later on when he mm-hmm. changed his stance. I, I, I mm-hmm. believe so. I'm not sure. But it, I mean, regardless yeah. of your political affiliation, yeah. it is a big deal. Big deal. To have the, the, the last time, time to have a sitting president be involved in the martial arts community at a deep level was in the you know Teddy Roosevelt in the in the 20s. You know when <laughs> Doing he was karate. yeah no no he was, you know he's a, a, a judo judo, yeah, yeah. judo approximately awarded judo black belt. Very very interested in the grappling arts, all fighting arts, and also was really interested in, a, in an avid follower of all the the professional wrestling at the time, which was not fake. Hmm. And um, didn't he wrestle a bear or something? <laughs> he killed a bear. He killed yeah, a bear. that's why he's Teddy Teddy Roosevelt. You know he killed the bear. I don't and, know my history. And, well. um, and then that's where teddy bears come from. <laughs> no, that's where teddy bears come from. No. That's true. Oh, right. yeah. So, so, so his his name was Teddy. Yeah. He hated it. Actually, it's interesting. Teddy Roosevelt hated his nickname, but he he killed a bear. I forget in what circumstance. And then um, I was actually hopefully. yeah yeah something <laughs> like that. Well, they were hunting, you know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um and then they uh, started making bears and little bears and calling him Teddy. It was actually a British company originally, but then it became an American. That's thing. weird. And that's how Teddy. Doesn't that seem started. weird? Uh, like I, I would think the teddy bears have been around for forever. like decades. Well, yeah, of course, hundreds of years. Well, it's already hundred years they now. Call, what, it's already hundred years now. Yeah. Yeah. What they call it before Teddy Roosevelt, though? Just there a bear. Was no, there was no teddy bear. bears. There were no teddy bears. There was no bear toys at all. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. They started making they, bears. I'm sure there was a bear toy <laughs> at some level. And they just called it bear. Yeah, or where you know, but there would be no difference between a doll, a bear, a dunk, whatever. People didn't have just call it a bear. stuffed animal. A stuffed animal, right? Exactly, yeah. right. But all that's right. where teddy bears come from. Interesting. 
<laughs> you learn a lot on this show. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> but no, but it's funny because uh, Roosevelt is the last president to have a significant Didn't interest Ronald in Ronald Reagan arts. do karate stuff in one no, of No, he movies? was given uh, – well, you know, more boxing, but he was given an uh-huh. honorary uh, taekwondo black belt by uh, Jun Ri. Cool. But, but he never trained. It was yeah. honorary. You know, like, so there's a, actually, I think Nixon was given honor. I heard a funny joke. What? Uh, it's, uh, uh, a martial art martial artist says, uh, I trained under Bruce Lee. My dojo was on the first floor. Bruce Lee was on the second. <laughs> so. You know, it's funny you should say that, but Bruce Lee's original Oakland dojo just reopened. Oh. The, cool. A, a G Kondo instructor um, uh, at least found the space and, and – uh, uh, revented it, revent, re- refurbished it, renovated it, mm. and uh, and opened up. I don't know if it's exactly the same space. It's it's might be like a little bit down because I don't know if the exact space exists. No, I'm pretty sure it is actually. Probably After, haunted. But but it's like literally the same address. It's That's just cool. it's just the building is not quite the same. Mm-hmm. But um, but he in his original Oakland uh, studio where his famous challenge match. Um, uh, happened, you know, and, and we talked about that book, um, Showdown in Oakland, yeah, where he he um he fought. Um, and then that yeah, documentary and, they made on it that wasn't very good. He made a documentary on it, didn't they? The, the, just the, the movie, the movie, movie. Yeah. Not it a wasn't a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, <laughs> a it very was fantastic port. Yeah, based sure. on the uh, accounts, firsthand accounts. accounts. Yes, they're, yeah. they're completely false. Yeah. And uh, and you know it's but Bruce Lee's a very interesting polarizing figure. But you know then then also the Tarantino movie we already talked about. I haven't this, seen that yet. I gotta yeah, see Tarantino it. movie is uh, they're not they happy like in the Bruce Lee you know, community. But that fight did happen. Mm-hmm. It was Judah Jean LaBelle and Bruce Lee. And we talked about this on a previous podcast, yeah. but you know, but it's completely taken out of context. But you know, um, anyway, so let's get back to the fights. So, what was your favorite fight? Okay, this let me let me go over. Um, this was. This card started out, and uh, we started watching the prelims, and it goes first. It goes Arlovski versus Jarzino Rosenstruck, and boom, knockout. Oh, scared of shit! I mean, <laughs> it was a fadeaway, which is a lean back kind of move. Fade first away, round, first round it was like it was seconds in, in, in very very quick, and he just dropped Arlovski like a sack of potatoes. Mm. So we're like, whoa! And then it comes to Edmund Shabazian. Versus Brad Tavares, and if you might, people might know Brad Tavares has been around a long time. He's a very, very skilled fighter, and um, Edmund Shabazzian is interesting because you know who his coach is, Edward, Edward Tavardian, Ronda Rousey's old coach, who Uh-oh. most people think is kind of a fraud. Mm-hmm. And um, though you know, obviously he knows something, but um, his combined team record. When he had uh, all those girls and, and also um, Ronda Rousey's boyfriend or now husband, I think husband, now didn't they get married? Um, Chad? No, what's no. his name? The, the Travis. Travis Brown. Travis Brown, right. Yeah. Their combined win-loss record was like one win and like 15, <laughs> 20 losses. It was quite crazy. It was mm-hmm. really, really bad. Yeah. And uh, however, this kid, Edmund Shabazian, has been under um, Tavardian for 10 years, since, or no, since he was 10 years old. And he is 18 now or 19. And holy crap, this kid is really good. Mm. I mean, he is slick like you cannot believe. And I've watched a few of his fights. You know, he's undefeated. and But usually people kind of think of him as a grappler because he shoots all these great takedowns and finishes on the ground. And um, But this is – he hit a beautiful one-two, just a nice little two-piece, boom, and then left kick for the KO. And what he did was he really camouflaged that, you know, the jab cross and then bomb. It was just so beautiful to watch him. It was amazing. Yep. And and so 
it's interesting that he's coming from that background. And again, it was a very short fight. And he starched him. And, you know, taking out a name fighter where you know it was the kind of the Ratchbaker was sort of like, oh, let's give Brad Tavares a guy. Let's see what happens. And man, that was a bad. And then it was Shane Burgos, who's out of New York, versus um, Americani. And um, this is a kind of interesting fight because Shane Burgos is sort of like Diaz, where he's like that endurance fighter. And in the beginning of the round, he's just getting the snot kicked out of him. And uh, But Americani takes him down and just runs a clinic on him on the ground. But Burgos survives. Second round, this is the problem with like grappling-based strategies. Amir Khani was got really tired. Tries to do it again, and he has these big drags. You know, it's kind of interesting because he's like kind of like wants to be a um, think of think of um, Khabib. This kid wants to be a Khabib, but he's not as efficient. So he's using a lot of energy to drag Burgos to the ground, but then he doesn't get to finish. Mm. And then Burgos gets up and keeps hitting him. Body shot, body shot, boom, yeah. boom, over and over again. By the third round, by the third round, it was – the guy was exhausted. Mm-hmm. And Burgos just drops him and finishes him again. So three fights, three stoppages, and this was just a beautiful body shot. Um, and and he, he and and then he hit him with a beautiful body shot and then kick, high kicked him for a uh, win. Okay, then – then so this is three three knockouts. Then it's you know Corey Anderson, Corey Anderson, yeah. he's like upcoming right, right. He fights Johnny Walker. You know that crazy Brazilian who now is training in Russia, and he's like everybody's afraid to fight him. Yeah, and he's the guy who, who did like a backflip and injured himself, so he's been out a while. But he come back and they're like, okay, we're gonna put you up in court, Corey Anderson. And if you, I think if Johnny Walker won this one, he would be the short track to fighting you know uh, um, John Jones. You mm-hmm. know, Corey. With just old school precision, just fucks Walker up like nobody. <laughs> so it's like, holy shit. It was patient and precise striking against like crazy movement. And he just hits him over the top bunk and KO win. Huh. And, and Johnny Walker, like he, he, he was not unconscious to get referee stoppage because he stopped it. But then they pulled Corey out and there had been some traction. So Corey's like screaming at him, you know, and Walker, Johnny Walker's like, uh. <laughs> he's like this, uh. and he's like, he's like, he's just the fight was taken out of him. Wow. And you know, it's like, you'd see, he's like, I thought I was the best guy in the world and hmm. uh, I'm wake not today. Yeah, wake up. And it was just nice to see really crisp, precise striking. Huh. Um, you know, from Anderson, and 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 it was great. So okay, four fights. These are still prelims. Yeah, these are prelims. Four fights, four stoppages. I'm sitting. I'm like, oh my god. UFC's probably freaking out. Yeah, yeah. We need to get another fight in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it was like unreal. And the, the thing was, they weren't just stoppages, but every single one was very technical. Mm. Like they were just really, really. It wasn't the, like you know, two guys just banging on each other, right? It was very, very technical striking, very technical movement, and and just beautiful. And then this is the one where I was – this is actually the fight I was looking for. This is to me was the name fight. It was Gregor Gillespie versus Kevin Lee. And mm-hmm. I've said many times in the podcast I'm a huge Gregor Gillespie fan. But I'm also a huge Kevin Lee fan. And yeah. it's kind of like decision, you know, like – but, you know, it has been on the wrong end of decisions for a while. But, you know, Kevin Lee was he, – he talked about it. He was on another podcast that's a little bit more popular than ours called Joe Rogan. I don't know if you've never heard of it. Never heard of it. it. Never mm-hmm. heard of it. Me neither. No. <laughs> and, you know, supposedly – I actually listened to it. Joe was like, you should you should find like a new camp because people understand um, Kevin Lee's original coach, Robert Falls, took his own life. 
It was a few years ago. So he's been kind of a Ronin. He's never been in one place one time. He hasn't gotten the work he needs to. And um, you kind of see that in some of his fights. He's almost there. He was almost there, but he didn't quite get it. And he's really good. And I was like, wow, this is a great fight. And you could, again, whoever won this fight, they're in, they, they're in that they're in that next echelon of like elite of the of the of the division. They're they're going they're going far, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, I wasn't hard on going hard for you know Gregor Gillespie, but I thought he would he would take it. And Gregor Gillespie, people don't realize that the guy's wrestling is insane. His striking is really good, but his wrestling is insane. But again, he kind of did this like I'm going to go into the opponent's realm. And he tried to outstrike Kevin Lee. But again, it's two wrestlers. Two wrestlers who have great striking. Hmm. Like it's really great martial arts. You know, they, they start as one thing and they're great. But, you know, Lee just has the he has the experience. And he they had a beautiful striking battle. I mean, like to see two grapples go at it and have such technique and precision. But Lee's was just a little bit more flowy. And and to me, that was like kind of like an interesting theme of this this night. And it's like the, the rhythm, the rhythm and the flow. And Kevin Lee's got this like boom, boom. Gregor Gillespie was just a little bit stiffer. And this was amazing. This was a really, really interesting move because usually you like jab, cross, and then you'll kick with your back leg. You know, and sometimes you switch it up. But this one, Kevin Lee did something very interesting. Where he hit a jab, right? He went over the top. And he hits with the right hand. He starts with the right hand. And he does a switch stance and kicks the guy with his right foot. But he does a switch stance so small and so subtly that you can't even see it. He camouflaged the kick. And the kick just went, went, went right up and bunk. And it was like timber. Gillespie <laughs> just falls. Do you see how he fell? Did you yeah. see how he fell back it. against the cage and just slid down yeah. like like a cartoon, you know, like a like like a like one of the, the cartoon animals and they go and they just slide <laughs> down the wall where they it. And I'm like, oh poor Gregor. And I'm I just like, look, it, it can happen to anyone. It was really slick move. Nobody expected it. It was a really <laughs> slick move. It was was um Lee the underdog, betting wise. I don't know if he's the underdog, yeah. uh, but it definitely they didn't expect that yeah. sort of finish. Uh, I don't know if you saw the. Um, I was watching the videos of the highlights this morning, and they showed the reactions of like the audience, yeah, and the yeah, commentators, yeah. and everybody. Else. It was like what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> came I, out of I nowhere. Was, yeah, it was, and it was so slick and so like, it was so camouflaged. It was it was a really good move. Yeah. It was it was just beautiful. It yeah. was beautiful to watch. What a night to do it too. Yeah, I know, right? Right. Sold out crowd in New York City. Exactly, and and poor Gregor's the one from New York City <laughs> from Long Island. But anyway, so. Now we're talking one. I asked him two. to be on our podcast and he didn't respond. So fuck Gregor Gillespie. <laughs> no, it's 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 okay. Nah. Well, okay. That you're dead that. to us. <laughs> you're dead. You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but now it's one, two, three, four. Who's going to ruin five, the streak? Five fights. Yes. Okay. And of course, who's going to ruin the streak? Mister, my balls are hot. Oh, and Derek. And then he, Lewis and Ivanov, uh, it's, uh, Ivanov is a Sambo guy from R- Romania, and he's never the best guy to watch. He's just slow and plotting. But this guy was so freaking tough. I mean, he was just taking a beating. Lewis looked actually much better than he did before. And, um, but the interesting thing was Ivanov got a few throws, but he, his grappling is not, even though he's a Sambo champion, his grappling is, Reminds me of old school judo grappling that does not has not adjusted for the MMA reality where you have to fight someone who is 
um, completely 100% not willing to grapple with you. You know, you go into grappling competition, you have to grapple. I have to grapple. So they're not going to not grapple because there's a penalty and you'll probably get disqualified. So you just agree to grapple. Same thing with striking. If I just run away from you in an entire striking battle, <laughs> like, you know, probably get a penalty, right? So you're, you know, and he was, he threw Lewis a few times. It was really nice, some beautiful judo, but then didn't really control him and actually tried to do a very low percentage moves, Americana lock from side control. And when a guy is so big and round, you can't – you got to focus on pinning him. And he could have won there. All he had to do was a top crucifix and just elbow him. But he went for a, like a crappy submission and then twice – he did the same thing twice and, and Lewis just exploded up and you know just stand up and ran away. And then – and then um, um, but Ivanov just ate so much damage. It was not really the most technical fight but um, – uh, but yeah, it ruined the streak. <laughs> and and you got to give you enough credit for being one tough son of a gun. So that ruined the streak. Then the main card starts. Okay, now it's Wonderboy Thompson versus Vincente Luque. And I want to talk about this one. And um, then then Gaston Matil and Diaz Masvidal. And and I want to talk about this like really interesting theme of this night is like the idea of rhythm. You know, we just talked about that, right? We, we talk about flow a lot as a martial artist, like alpha state and flow. And part of that is like getting your rhythm, you know, getting your, getting your, your, getting your thing to go, you know. And um, Masvidal had such a beautiful rhythm in his fight. And you know what? You know what? This is amazing because you could tell that he was not stressed out. He was moving around, joking, laughing, mm-hmm. and he was having a great time. And he was so flowy in movement and just – and he was achieving his alpha state. But part of it, he was just – he's bouncing and moving. And it seemed like – I heard after the fight that Diaz said that he had an injury and he didn't trust his cardio. And he he lost in the flow. And the same thing you could say with Thompson in the beginning. Luke, Luke is coming at him like a tank. He's coming. And then as the fight went on, Thompson hits this like – you know what's the thing in the video game when you do all the buttons right and you're just like button mashing? Yeah, you're, no, but you're like everything's oh, right. Oh, combo or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's like in the flows. He's the the Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. And Luke Luke was just stuck there and just bum 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 and and he was just hitting a masterclass the last round mm-hmm. a masterclass of flow and just hitting him with whatever he wanted. Boom! He's here. He's there. He's there. He's there. He's over there. Bum bum bum. And a beautiful example of. Um, uh, kickboxing, karate taken to be worked to work in MMA and kickboxing. And in the beginning, you know, Luke, um, Luke kind of he, he was hitting hard, but um, but but towards the end, it was just it was side work, side kicks, footwork, movement, and he just ran a clinic on angles and flow, and it was amazing. And and then the same thing, you know, you could say the Gaslam Till was kind of like the same thing. It was like um, it was. It was Till was just cleaner flow. It was it was cleaner movement, and and he he was more dominant. And you know, I thought Gaslam could have been smarter. It became a kickboxing match, and Gaslam, you're a grappler first. Mm-hmm. Till's not a grappler. Why are you going into his arena and not trying to grapple with him? And, and he was not as effective in the clinch as I really hoped he was. And the way he was moving, he just he just wasn't as clean. And the same thing reminded me of when he fought Adesanya. Adesanya just the guy has better rhythm. He's mm-hmm. got that now. Rhythm and flow are not the same thing. They're not the same thing, but they kind of feed into each other. It's like, you know, you ever go to you're dancing, right? 
you need the rhythm to respond to the music. But then you get into the state of euphoria and flow where the, where you're the music, you know, like you're at this concert and you're just part of this movement and, and that's the flow state. You know, when you're just forgetting what's around you, you're just, you're just mm. there in the zone. But you can't get to the zone if people if you keep bumping into you. <laughs> keep bumping into you. And you're like, oh, what, what? You lose your rhythm. You lose your flow. And, and Thompson kept using sidekicks to mess up Luque's flow. And the same thing – you know, um, using – couldn't get started. And I felt the same thing with Masvidal. Masvidal was, was, was using a lot of things like that were just giving – making Diaz not get his flow. And I think also it was probably because he was injured. Mm-hmm. But tonight was a night of guys with rhythm and guys who <laughs> couldn't get the rhythm going. You know? uh, Darren Till said some interesting things in his post-fight press conference. He said he uh, was terrified of this fight and he wanted to fake an injury to get out of it. Oh, he I, said he woke up this morning, uh, Saturday morning, and, and he said, "I'm just what? What can I fake? What can I get out of? How do I get out of this? Is the New York City's big market?" He was just scared. He was scared of Gaslam, or he was, he was scared, scared of, the, of the fight in general. Not, I don't know if it was Gaslam specifically, but it was just the pressure of the yeah. the entire event totally and the fight. And uh, he was up he, up until he was in the ring, he wanted to back out. You can't really show true courage. And bravery and guts and skill, unless you feel for you. Yeah, this guy, he said, uh, if, yeah. if if the one of these fighters tells you they're not afraid before they walk into that ring, they're lying. Yeah, I say they're either lying or they're sociopaths. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah one, one or the other, and they're either lying or they're psychopaths. Yeah. You know, and uh, um, you cannot go in. And another one, some Donald Cerrone always said that he would have these like panic attacks. You know, mm. and if you any fighter tells you that he's not has some level of fear. And fear is what keeps you alive. It's good to have fear, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it just can't let it take control. But um, that he that he overcame that and pushed through is is great. And he had a masterful performance. Yeah. Really, really, I mean, he looks much better at that weight class. He moved up weight class and try to get him on the shed too. Much, much better. It was close. I know somebody that knows him oh. personally, but didn't work out. Yeah, it's okay. We'll get there. We'll get we there. have a lot of really good guests lined up. Yeah, we don't need these guys. Yeah. <laughs> when are we going to get G we on the show? We don't need, we don't need these guys. G's actually in Thailand right now training. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. so, we don't need G anyways. Uh, <laughs> actually, it'd be hard because he has a nine to five job, but uh-huh. we have Yorick coming on. So uh, he, Beautiful. Yeah. So Can't hopefully wait. next week we can we can have him on. Great. Um, but uh, I'm really excited who, who we're going to have on coming up forward because we have uh, a, a couple, uh, two, two women warriors. They're amazing coming up. I'm super psyched, but we'll keep that as a surprise going forward. Uh, we're the, one of the most uh, amazing knife, knife fighters. No, we're, <laughs> one of the most amazing <laughs> knife fighters in the world. So um, uh, female knife fighters. And um, I don't know. Have you seen my ex-wife? She's pretty good with a knife. Whose wife? My ex-wife. Your ex-wife. You, you don't have an ex-wife, do you? I do. Oh, you do? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, we're learning things today. <laughs> I had no idea. I did not get stabbed by my ex-wife. Allegedly. <laughs> but yeah, no, so the, the yeah. we have good guests coming on. Yeah, yeah, no, no exactly. But, but, but from... we'll, we'll, take, we'll take anybody. Uh, we'll take we'll anybody. anybody? We'll take, we'll we're take just anybody dredging the, the garment sheet over that. here. Who wants no. to be on the show? Um no, I was going to say we'd take anybody from the UFC oh, yeah, yeah. roster. but it Nobody was... from Bellator. UFC only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Muir called. He, but really yeah, I sent it to voicemail. <laughs> I'll call him. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get back to you. <laughs> I'll have my people call your people. Joe Sonnen, he wants to be part of it. <laughs> you know, we'll send him the voicemail. You know, too. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if I could sit across from a fervent <laughs> Trump supporter. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're just burning bridges today. Yeah, I know, that's right? the, that's right. the title of the All episode, our, Burn yeah. Bridges. Um, but no, but it was it was a great, great uh, card. And, um, and, and you know, the last week we missed it because I was a little in the weather, but we missed the Damian Maya Asker yeah, card. Congratulations, and, Damian. And, you know, people were really surprised. But I, I said to a lot of people, you know, a lot of times when it's two grapplers, like well, not unlike um, – Actually, you know, the funny thing is Masvidal Diaz are both known as strikers, but they start out as grapplers. Masvidal started as a wrestler. And Diaz is, of course, a jiu-jitsu guy. So, you know, a lot of times you have two grapplers go at it, and it'll become a, a striking match. Um, they, they kind of see where they're going to have an advantage. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, ta- you have to be tactical. And I understand the concept of wanting to go into your opponent's strength and really fight him. But, you know, to me, Masvidal made it smart. He's like, I'm going to use my, my clinch grappling. To to de- to offset you know Diaz's rhythm, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna get him and and you know the 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 strike that really was the the main strike that he won the fight on was first round, it was off the clinch, and you know it was not outside boxing it was inside off the clinch, a little bit of wrestling movement and then uh, some strikes from the clinch and boom elbow and then that's what opened him up mm-hmm. and uh so it was it is it, very interesting to see how his approach but he definitely he definitely fought on the outside and i i found almost every single round went to masvidal i have to look at it again i didn't score it mm-hmm. so deeply but he was he was just moving so well he didn't really take that much damage fight and diaz looked like yeah pretty messed up not just the cut i mean everywhere yeah. yeah but i give him he's a warrior that kid is a warrior most people would have gone down from that kick and uh and he did not. He came up and he just fought right through it. And, you know, he said he had a knee injury. You know, hey, that is a warrior right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they fight for money. They fight for, you know, and even Diaz said before, he's like, he's like, I didn't want to fight because uh, there was nobody that I really wanted to be. In- I was interested in fighting. And in Masvidal's, I'm interested. You know, mm-hmm. that's, I totally get that. You know, if somebody doesn't, doesn't light the fire in you, mm-hmm. you know, then why do you want to go? And yeah. and you know definitely probably felt some some fear too, but you know it's excitement is yeah. how do how do you deal with that those nerves and that that's that's where you 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 get your bona fides as a as a as a as a fighter is everybody feels the same thing everybody feels it but how do you maintain your your rhythm your flow and on your, your ability to perform under those stressful conditions mm. and I've had many people under me where I'm like you know if you can't if you can't maintain a certain level of performance you know. It's not for you, you know. This is too dangerous. So, so this it's amazing that Till did that, and and also Diaz, all the fighters, they came in and they they really performed. It was fantastic. Yeah, good event all around. Yeah, big uh, spotlight on New York City. Yeah, people people thought the the stoppage was early. Um, you know, it's debatable. Um, but it was still up until that point. It was a great fight. I don't know if people were booing because it was great. I think they wanted to see more more yeah. blood. Yeah, they just want to see more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Punch him in the eye again. <laughs> um, I was, I was, I was. You know, definitely wanted to see more because it was so good. It was just so good. Yeah. It was a, a treat to watch two really technical fighters go at it. Dana White totally called uh, Masvidal the fighter of the year. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. He definitely has some like great performances, yeah. especially the Askren knockout. Where you know, I think most people thought Askren was going to take that fight. Did you? I didn't. No, you didn't no know, way. No, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I didn't think it would be that fast, though. Yeah, but the, I don't I mean, think anybody thought fastest, that. This is that for Masvidal? Is it? Is that the fight the fastest knockout ever? I don't think that's the fastest. Yeah, we're gonna uh, double check yeah, yeah, our, yeah, our yeah. numbers. It was pretty freaking fast. <laughs> it was like what four seconds. I is there any any UFC? I remember fight McGregor had a quick one. 
Fastest KO in UFC. Yeah, he had Aldo. Aldo, but Manny Nunez. Is it? The fastest? Oh, that's like a website or something. What's the shortest fight in UFC history? I think this is the one. That was really short. Dwayne Ludwig and Jonathan Goulet. One second. One second. Oh my god, I do. I remember that fight. But Masvidal yeah. um, is up there for sure. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Look, it's not the fastest, but it's it's up there. Wait a minute. I'm just gonna have to edit this a little bit. George Masvidal's knockout of Ben Askren was the fastest in UFC history. It was the first, the fastest knockout. There was a stoppage in one yeah. second. So yeah. it's it is the fastest knockout. What was the the stoppage was for um for uh, ground and pound right? Because I remember Ludwig when I remember he's eating ground and pound. Or was it a cut? I forgot. Anyway, yeah. It's going to require more research. I'll put it in the notes. Yeah, just put it, edit out. (laughs) This editing is fast. Yeah, yeah, right. It was really fast. Um, But uh, anyway, so we have some amazing stuff coming up too. What's the next uh, UFC event? Every weekend they have something, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's uh, Randomy and Nunez is coming up, which is a really good fight. I there's no way. Oh my god! There's no way Randomy's gonna win. Pronounce that name. Zabit Magomed Sharipov. All right, showing off here. No, no, actually, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Zabit is is just a phenomenal fighter. He's one that I cannot wait to watch. Um, there's also uh, Ooh, Greg Hardy's back, our favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's refighting, and One FC has um, uh, some good fights coming up too. Um, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, Magomed Sharpov and Qatar is coming up on November 9th. The day before that is one championship, and. Um, uh, again, it, it sees the return of um, Edward Foyang, who I really love to watch, and uh, it's just a really um, some really good fights coming up. After that, it's a um, uh, uh, fight that I'm not so interested in. It's uh, Blakovic, or I don't know how to pronounce the name versus Jacare. That's okay. And then, but the really one coming up is uh, that I'm really looking forward to seeing is um, is uh, um, Usman versus Covington in December. Shogun still fights. <laughs> I know, right? Um, there's some some really big coming up. So, anyway, but um, over him, yeah, yeah. So, in terms of Magomed Sharapov and Qatar, I wouldn't give that. I'm going to give that to Zabit, Zabit Magomed Sharapov. And but that's yeah, Alexander Volkov versus Greg Hardy, um, and it's, it's a really good card coming up. All right, yeah, we'll see how that we'll turns yeah, out. Yeah, so. But I'm I'm looking for Zabit in that one. He is he is uh, really interesting. And again, it's a uh, um, one in Moscow too. It's kind of interesting. UFC's all over the place now. Like um, you gotta you gotta see that's becoming such a such a huge brand. Really amazing. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, that's UFC 244. We did it. We did it. Well, I didn't even have to watch it. <laughs> I will watch it. I promise. <laughs> But but it's it's um like I said it's it's interesting as as how do you how do you get good at martial arts and one of the things is like develop a way to find your rhythm you know in striking and grappling find your rhythm find mm-hmm. your move find your flow and super super important you see the guys who are able to impose their rhythm and their flow on fighters mm-hmm. and and get to win it was so it was amazing the rhythm method works in martial arts but it does not work <laughs> as birth control <laughs> consult your physician. <laughs> 
That was great. That was actually really funny. I don't know how many people actually know what the rhythm method is. <laughs> I guess that's where we end it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. To this episode. Please share it with a friend. Um, we're killing it in Israel now. We are. Yeah, we were in the top 100. Oh, wow. Yeah, rank yeah. 75. And, and the Philippines, too. Philippines. And then also Singapore. Singapore, Israel. They're all jumping on. We're going international. That is great. Uh, we'll start our well, tour next to year. Our, thank you to our listeners in Israel. I appreciate, appreciate that. It. I know I got Shabbat contacted uh, uh, with, with some some people from around the world recently, from a lot of different places. Yeah, um, questions. Stuart. I was talking to Stuart the other day, and uh, he said that one of his friends was on a, on a plane listening to our show and heard his voice, and they called him up and said, "You're on this podcast." So small world. <laughs> well, I thank uh, d- thanks Stuart for coming on, and also I thank his listener for listening to yeah. us. You know, hopefully we can. Uh, can give you some some interesting coverage, but I really have some great guests coming up. Um, really excited about that. All right, so stay tuned. We'll be okay. back next week with okay. some awesome stuff. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Marshall underscore Culture and on Instagram at Marshall Culture Cast. Please leave a review on iTunes, and we'll see you next time on the Marshall Culture Podcast.